0: Hello, everyone! Happy Mother's Day. Um, it's a a day, a day I feel I feel fortunate for the various moms in my life, whether my own mother or my wife, and um, I just I think today is is a day that I feel I feel grateful right now. Um, but I think uh, I also feel some loss, and I think what Mother's Day is uh, as an experience this year is. Uh, this moment, I think this is true for anybody who's experienced a birthday, anybody who's experienced any one of those kind of points of celebration in the last you know, 50 some odd days. But there's a sense of, oh wow, this isn't like it has been, or this isn't like what I thought uh, these were like. Um, and there's a sense of loss to that. It's almost like uh, the ways that these days can kind of blend one into the other, uh, in, it's almost moments like this that kind of hit us in, in how different things really are. Um, and then it's also a moment of loss because I think a lot of people on, on days like Mother's Day are, uh, are, are um, for some going out to brunch is not gonna happen. For others, uh, maybe they would be going to see family on a day like today and that's not gonna happen. And then that's all compounded by the fact that Mother's Day is always a day of grieving for so many grieving for loss, grieving for what uh, has not been uh, what was hoped, uh, grieving for what motherhood um, did not come true. Um, and so I think when we walk into this experience today, and I think about, for me, it almost feels uh, shaking to me that. I can't just roll one day into the next. It's a moment like this that helps me stop and pause and almost realize that there's things that I am experiencing loss in daily right now, Uh, the loss of things that used to be part of my life that are not. And I think that there's an opportunity to sit here in a place of celebration, but also healthily walk into a process of grief, something that I don't think we are particularly great at in uh, the American culture. Um, And so I think our hope is today, as we talk about this, uh, we can bring Jesus into the conversation in a way that allows us to celebrate uh, the things that are worth celebrating. And it's important in these moments that we are celebrating, but also not ignore the loss that we're all walking through. Um, So Vince, uh, I'm curious for you, as we walk into this day, what are the things that are uh, coming to mind for you?
1: Yeah, thanks. I, I suppose I feel like I, I think of uh, the way Jesus concluded a lot of teachings where he said, like, uh, let all who have ears to hear, let them hear. All who have eyes to see, let them see. Um, and it's sort of like exactly what you're saying, Kyle. The pandemic has given us eyes to see and ears to hear what is always true about um, something like Mother's Day uh, for many. Um, but now it, it it's just so pressing because everybody's feeling it. And so like... Uh, you know, like it's sort of the reverse of like the a rising tide like uh, raises all ships. It's like the 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 tide going out lowers all ships, and we all get closer to the bottom. Um, and uh, and so I just feel like we're all feeling it um, more than ever. Uh, I mean, this M- Mother's Day in particular, it, for me as as somebody who lost a mom young um, too too early for her to to cancer, um, and I was 15 years old. I mean, so since then, like Mother's Day has always been a complicated time, and it's always been um Something that reminds me that um, celebration and grief are linked and and maybe that is the the paradox you know a lot of jesus 's truths are paradoxes and I think we've been talking about that a lot uh, in, in in the months since certainly since uh, shelter in place, but that I guess that's a steady diet of what we talk about in this church a lot is it it's not something we can like you know neatly draw up with a formula it's holding two things together that seemingly shouldn't go together. And it feels like grief and celebration are two of those things that like if, for whatever reason, um, that, that is what we find life in the link between them and not like pretending that we can have one without the other. Uh, that's certainly been like, I mean, I think about my, the, 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 the days throughout the year, uh, mother's day, um, for, uh, it, my, the, my mother's birthday. Um, and then, uh, the anniversary of her death, the The anniversary of my mom's death is two days after my birthday. And so, like, I, they're right there. It's like, I think, like, since I was 15 years old, celebration and grief are right next to each other. They're two days apart, you know? And, uh, and that, that's been something that um, I think has really helped me to understand uh, and help me to, uh, like, let that paradox just work on me, and not try to run away from it. Even though it feels, it feels like a paradox. It feels like two things that shouldn't go together. I mean, Kyle, like how how this is kind of like a really big question. But like, how do such things go together? <laughs>
0: You know, I think uh, it, it is a good question. I think in order to truly celebrate, y- you you have to grieve, and I think in order to grieve, you have to celebrate. And I think it's, okay, that makes sense of it. Yeah, keep going. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a sense of like if we aren't aware of loss, then moments of celebration fall a little hollow. And uh, I think in order to properly grieve. We, like my, my counselor says to me, uh, you need to have hope to grieve, otherwise you just fall into despair. I think there's a sense of like, we need to know there's things we're looking forward mm. to. We need to know that there is good in the world and good for our future. That's actually like a part mm. of the grieving process. And so I think to me, they, they are uh, essentially linked. And to be honest, I'm not really great at either of these. I've realized this- you know, Grief or celebration? Grief or celebration. I'm okay. not- I just, uh, being an American, I'm really just not practiced. Like we don't have cultural like this is what we do to grieve. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm always attracted when I go to like funerals or things of other cultures. You know, like whether you know it's it's my, my Jewish friends or even my Catholic friends or my uh, Muslim friends. The way there's like there's cultural processes for how one grieves that for me I just don't I don't have that. Like I don't know what it looks like. How am I supposed to? There is no supposed to, and so I, it's a struggle for me. And at the same time, you know, always, I, I like to have fun, but, like, marking celebration, I've realized it is yeah, a Yeah, that's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah, I like, Americans are good at partying. I'm not so good at, <laughs> good at celebrating, you know what I mean? Uh, and I realized, you know, to my mom, mother's lament, especially on today, you know, I have not, I, I did not attend to graduation since middle school because I always found some reason why my graduation, whether it was high school or college or grad school, that it was actually like there was something else that was going on that, that took precedent over it. And I think that's just my American mindset for me that really struggles to, to lean into the process of celebration. And on the other end, I think in the same way, I struggle to actually have a vision of what grief looks like as well. Of what does it actually mean to lament loss?
1: Yeah, I think you're right to point to um like rhythms or rituals that I mean this these these have been the most helpful things for people for centuries is having like what this is what we do when we are grieving. And I, I just have such a vivid memory of I, I lost my mom when I was 15, and then a friend of mine lost his mom when he was 17. And uh, they're a culturally Jewish family, and I remember sitting shiva, and it's you know for seven days after uh, somebody dies, the 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 house of the family is just filled with people, and they're not pushy, they're not like you know forcing themselves on the family if the family wants to be alone. But there's always food, there's always somebody to talk to, or like take your dog for a walk so you can just do what you need to do. And uh, and like that's a ritual that I just feel like uh, I think I I think actually as you're saying this Kyle because I resonate with it I think it it's uniquely true of of uh, white uh, men of our generation to not have um, uh, traditions or rituals they they were sort of like pretty far removed from cultural or ethnic um, ties which are the place of most really rich rituals uh, that that serve people and so I think actually. Um, Maybe I can put out a call for those uh, in our community who have um, a, a more of a, a, a rich link between um, how you live your identity today and your ethnic heritage or your cultural heritage that has taught you rituals and um, and, and rhythms to to go to, whether for grief or for celebration or for both. I uh, we'd like to hear from you, uh, and especially between now and uh, and when we uh, when we have our midweek podcast later, it'd be great to have some of those voices. Uh, injected into this? And like, what, what do we do? Uh, Because I think that's a little bit of what we're longing for right now. What, what do we do when we don't necessarily have muscle memory to lean back onto for grief or celebration? And then especially in a time right now, when like all of our muscle memory is gone because like God knows how to act when you're in global pandemic and you know, everything about life is different than it was two months ago.
0: You know, I think it's experiences like today, but mothers, I think, uh, being a parent, I've realized that these uh, kind of annual celebrations, uh, they always come with a sense of, of loss and change, because by the nature of celebrating being a father or being a mother, things are different from the year before. You know, it's no, you no longer have a toddler, now. It's a, or your, your kids are no longer at home, and you remember what it was like. when. And I think there's this part of this process that if we don't pause, then the kind of momentum of life keeps us moving forward and that's why it's, I do think important that we're taking days to sit back and, and I, I think about something you and I have done on our birthdays for a long time which is just pausing and asking. Uh, do,
1: you mean, do you mean Red Lobster? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I don't know if anyone knows this about Kyle but Kyle has a radic- like a, a, a love that should not be at such a high level for
0: Red Lobster. It is full of uh, irony. There's something about it that is just like <laughs> I don't know why, and at some point, I, I decided that the the place to always recommend celebrations with Vince was Red Lobster. So even this last year, we go to Red Lobster, and with this, this this practice? And I remember I've done this for years of just asking like a reflection on this last year, and then a looking forward to next year. And I think that that's an important process uh, for us to all walk through because I think without it, uh, life just happens. And I actually think without it, we don't ever uh, we don't ever take pause. To recognize loss and change, and so I think I, I'd be interested because you know I have some newly found practices to lean into grief, but I'd be curious as people leave in the chats of like what are what are ways that you have been able to walk through loss and grief um, and been able to do that, or what are ways that you have found to really stop, pause, and celebrate in these moments? And I think that uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out practices for myself because the truth is. We are all walking through real loss on a daily basis right now, and if I don't have practices to actually process that grief, it's going to come out poorly in a different way later.
1: I like uh, your example though uh, of what we've done on uh, birthdays just because it it's actually as simple as that like that's not actually a a, a ritual or rhythm that takes a lot of work or like takes a lot of intentionality it's just stopping and you know giving some space and asking a, a good thoughtful question and then letting letting somebody else hear it. So um, you know, on that topic of um, what, can we, what can we do? What are ways that, um, whether it's grief, whether it's celebration, or whether it is this link between, because so often, like for me on Mother's Day, I'm, I'm, I'm remembering my mother, I'm celebrating her life, but I'm also grieving the fact that she's gone. Uh, or even, you know, just in this time of, of, uh, of uh, shelter in place, you know, we have, we've already had one birthday in our family uh, since it began. We have another one coming up in a week and a half. And it's like we want to celebrate but we're also marking that like but this is different and we you know we'd like to have all our family around and that sort of thing so on that topic of like how do we how do we grieve and celebrate at the same time uh we i reached out to a few uh folks in our community who i thought could really speak uh helpfully to us on this and so uh first off i want to i want to invite uh, my uh my parents-in-law carol and stephen to speak on the matter who uh, are just people who have lived a great deal uh, of life and found uh, a great deal of opportunities to have to grieve and celebrate at the same time. And so uh, guys, if I can ask you to speak wisdom over us, uh, how, do we, how do we grieve and celebrate at the same time?
2: Hi everyone. Happy Mother's Day to everyone out there, the moms, everyone who's celebrating with us even in this strange circumstance. So Vince's question was, how do we put together grief and celebration? I'll speak for myself first and then Stephen will say something. I have learned to put those two things together with the practice of gratitude. There have been three very large griefs in my life. Of course, we all have the little griefs and sorrows and disappointments that occur on a very regular basis, but I'm talking about very large griefs. There's been three of them in my life, and um, I'm just going to reference one of them, which was the death of our daughter, Sarah, who was born with severe heart defects and lived for 14 months with us. After Sarah died, I remembered thinking, would I have wished that she had not been born at all? in order to have avoided all the suffering that she went through and that we went through with her. And I thought about it for a little bit and then I thought, no, I do not wish that at all. I am so glad that we had her for 14 months. Her life is unique and irreplaceable. She's precious. And in the end, her life was actually a very great gift to us. It taught us things that we couldn't have learned any other way. And it opened our hearts up in ways that they couldn't have been opened any other way. She profoundly impacted us for good. We celebrated her birthday for years. We would (laughs) have vanilla pudding because that was the only thing she would eat a few bites of at the end of her life. We wanted our children, our other children, there were three, we wanted them to see that she was unique and irreplaceable. And so were they. We wanted them to see that we don't forget anyone and they would never be forgotten either. So I learned and I am still learning to be grateful for God's gift of life in whatever form it comes to me. And that gratitude puts a beautiful frame, even a beautiful celebratory frame around the great sorrows of our lives.
3: Thanks.
4: I sure affirm everything Carol said. <clears throat> <clears throat> and, and at the same time, would add, um, although superficially opposed, I think both celebration and grief really honor goodness. Uh, celebration honors the, the goodness we're in right now, and grief honors the goodness either past or anticipated that's lost now. And... Um, seemingly gone forever Uh, one of the things i love about the bible is the way that the psalms and even jesus example in the new testament legitimize lament they uh they honor lament as a uh, a valid and um, implicitly recommended channel for expressing strong emotion and expressing uh, what seems to be unbearable um, grief, I do feel though in time that grief is a gift in the sense that it it helps cement our most important memories. It helps anchor them uh, in our psyche and helps us appreciate goodness that we may have um, underloved under appreciated and and it helps us make sure that we're not going to lose those memories um the um old traditional christian ideas of seeking god in in consolation uh and seeking god in desolation and seeking god in all things in um Allowing both of them to teach us, I think, is also something that uh, has been super helpful to me and in, in given me a frame in which to understand our experiences.
1: Guys, that is so much. Thank you for taking some time to think about that and just sharing so openly um, that I I was floored just to that these guys were willing to share that story we uh, i also reached out to uh another in our community uh nate jones um who um is is in a similar boat um uh with me he's lost a parent young and um and he passed on um another really i thought uh really striking uh thing in in terms of like what 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 does it look like to celebrate and grieve at the same time he said um, forgiveness uh, is a theme um, that comes out when it comes to celebrating and grieving at the same time, and he spoke of uh, very powerfully of, um, of even forgiveness of God, um, and in the sense of he he had uh, he explained being um, having grown up with uh, with with a, a picture of God that he doesn't believe in anymore, but of sort of a magic genie God, and needing to actually even even like to to move on from that meant to forgive uh, that, uh, that that image and and then uh, God being in his in his wisdom I think just like and in his love will, will allows us to kind of try on different um, things for size when it comes to our images of God eventually helping us to come to something that will serve us and that will um, that will uh, grow us and will um, help us to grow in compassion, and so this this idea of forgiveness and and how that can relate to God, how that can relate to other people in our lives when it comes to being in that intersection of grief and uh, and celebration. so I wanted to pass on that from Nate as well um, I, I have a, a, a cup or one one in particular thought that comes to mind for me in terms of of, uh, of uh, the link between celebration and grief and how we can do that. Kyle, uh, before I do that, is there anything that comes to mind for you in terms of how to both grieve and celebrate at the same time? It, it sort of, you know, given that you've already acknowledged like man, I don't know if I'm very good at this.
0: I think this is one of those profound places I recognize I need help. Um, and so for me, it's finding the things that help me. I think uh, celebration and grief are both about vulnerability. It's letting yourself be vulnerable and affected, both uh, and uh, I, I need things that kind of help me get vulnerable and so uh, honestly, music has been a, a really big help for me um, and i I don't know why this is the case, but I, I, need, I need to get into a space where I can cry and for me, there's actually been the in like taking a shower yeah. about that space that has helped me uh, find a space so, where I feel like I can be vulnerable uh, and the truth is, um, it's something that I, I feel like in prayer has been, especially having other people pray for me, is both able to mark the things that are worth celebrating and to cry and work my way through grief um, is, is feeling a sense of, of God with me in that process. As the trustworthy receiver of my vulnerability um, has been a really important thing for me in my kind of very um, rough um efforts towards actually doing these things together
1: yeah uh, I would I I suppose the last thing I would throw out just in terms of um, takeaways for how we can grieve and celebrate at the same time uh, would be on 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 this theme that we've touched on that certainly I saw what Carol was saying and what you were saying earlier Kyle of creating rituals Um, that has been really really helpful for my family so um, having, having lost my mother, and then we've also, uh, I've lost a brother at this point in life. And on the days that um, their memory returns to us, so birthdays, uh, anniversaries of deaths, uh, Mother's Day, like today, uh, we have a tradition in my family with my wife and my kids to do uh, Grandma Ginny questions or Uncle James questions, uh, depending on, on the day. And we just let the kids ask questions and we let uh and my, my wife asks questions she got to know my brother a little bit but she never knew my uh my mother so uh so it's very it, it, it's it's really uh, as as they're getting older the questions are are becoming so uh wonderful and rich that they're curious about um and it's no longer what is what was their favorite cartoon they you know that <laughs> and so um, uh that's 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 really great that um that i, I think we can we can follow those um, uh, it's just been a good ritual for us uh, and again it's something that's simple um to to close today um stephen spoke of 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 the way that the psalms and the way that the Bible and the way that Jesus legitimizes lament. And something that I pulled um, that I just I wanted to to read over us um, is quite a famous passage from the Bible. It's uh, Lamentations three. Uh, Lamentations is uh, kind of a hidden book in the scriptures in the Old Testament, um, and it's just it's a treasure trove of uh, of emotion and and a way to kind of call things out of um, what's going on inside of you if you don't have words for it. Uh, in particular, this uh, this lamentation I'm about to read. Um, is uh, written by someone who feels heavily responsible for the suffering that they're facing. And so that you'll see that that colors a little bit of what they, they kind of feel the, the consequences that they're uh, experiencing as sort of correction from God. God is teaching them through it. And that may not apply uh, in, in, in every situation. It may not apply particularly if we're feeling grief over COVID-19 and the reality there because it's, it's sort of out of our control. But I think the power and the emotions expressed, even if that that part doesn't doesn't resonate, I think the power will still uh, really stands. And so I'm gonna read from Lamentations 3. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall, I well remember them. And my soul is downcast within me. Yet this I call to mind And therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man or a woman to bear the yoke while they are young. Let them sit alone in silence, for the Lord has laid it on them. Let them bury their face in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let them offer their cheek to one who would strike them. Let them be filled with disgrace, for no one is cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love, for he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to anyone. And to to me, that is just like it's just, it it's the pinnacle of grief and celebration being intermingled, being together. And um, the the to in particular, the line that stands out to me of this, it is good for for someone to bear the yoke while they are young. Was just it, it's just such a a, a, a concept that has hit me so hard as somebody who I think you know most people don't have to face losing their parents until they're thirty or forty years old at least, and and I, that, that this has been one of the Bible passages in my life that has spoken to my experience more than any other of just seeing it is good for someone to bear the yoke while they are young, um, and not because the you know that because it's good for you to experience grief or it's good for you to have such a burden but because it gives you eyes to see and ears to hear what we are all trying to find out, which is this paradox, that grief and celebration, you know, they, they're, they're both uh, avenues to goodness, as, as Stephen was saying. So I'll leave that with us today. Uh, I would love it uh, if I, I've asked somebody else who just feels con- particularly connected to this topic to pray for us today. Uh, Elizabeth uh, Bertrand, can, may I ask you to pray for us just to close and let us th- let this all sink in for us.
3: Absolutely. Um, Before I close this in prayer, I just want to add that um, thank you so much for this message because it has made me realize that how resilient and strong we are as people when we have grief. Um, I I think about the, the, the loss of a child I had and that child would have been four months today. Yet at the same time, I, I rejoice and celebrate and think about my unborn child that I'll meet in three months from now. And I'm strong because of that. I'm resilient because of that. And um, I'm just grateful to God that without, without grief, we wouldn't be able to really fully appreciate. rejoice and mm-hmm. appreciate celebration. Yeah. Um, And with that, I just wanted to, I found this prayer um, that I wanted to close this in. Dear God, thank you for the gift of motherhood. Thank you for the blessing it is to be called mom. Thank you for the good plans you have in store for those who still wait to be a mom. Thank you for the numerous spiritual children you have given to so many spiritual moms and mentors. We pray that you would fill this day with favor and grace as we honor moms all around our nation. We ask for comfort for those who are grieving loss and heartache, especially on this day. We ask for strength for those who wait for children to come back home. We ask for healing for those who have been hurt by relationships that were intended to be loving and nurturing. We ask for faith for those who will someday be moms find themselves on a journey that seems so hard. We ask for great encouragement and grace to cover those who have made a brave and loving choice for adoption. We ask for incredible provision and care over every single parent who works so hard on behalf of her children. We ask that you would remind many of those who, though they do not have physical children, have the gift of being amazing hope bringers, to many spiritual children they've been blessed to nurture through these years. God, thank you for the gift of life. Thank you that your heart is for us and that you are with us in all our unique journeys and pathways. Thank you that you are sovereign over every part of our lives. Thank you that your ways are perfect and you make our footsteps secure. Today we pray for refreshing, for joy, For grace, for wisdom, for great peace, for all moms, for moms-to-be, and for women who nurture and lead. In Jesus' name.
2: Amen.
3: Amen.